3: Hey everybody, I'm Rima, and I'm (laughs) Paige. This is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the Netflix show Stranger Things.
4: Today we are covering season four, episode six, titled "Chapter Six: The Dive."
3: Well, it took us to the end of this episode to find out what they meant by the dive, but we got right. (laughs) <laughs>
4: 'Cause I was I was thinking more in terms of in, you know, episode five when they're talking about Elle in the Nina tank or whatever and her swimming and drowning. I was like, Oh no, she's diving deep into which she did. I mean, that also could be kind of a double you know, she's diving all the way down to the root of what's what's going on, but yes. but then yeah, also the literal steve diving down towards the gate and everything too so
3: <laughs> yeah i i i think it counts as both for sure i'm on board with that uh what did you think of this week's episode i think i heard you cursing me all the way from texas um right. and in the name of having to wait until next week to watch the next episode because this this was on a hell of a cliffhanger so i think i oh like, i i <laughs> i heard you from here i
4: literally i think yeah i was was talking with uh greg one of our friends (laughs) and and listeners who i don't know if he wrote in or said anything about this one he might have uh but (laughs) i haven't looked ahead at what feedback we've got but um yeah i was talking to him about that and yeah the episode ended on my first watch last tuesday after we recorded and i literally did i like the screen went black, and I, l- I just looked at my TV and went, "Oh, fuck you!" Like I was so mad that that's where I had to stop and wait for a week. Like,
3: <laughs> uh. yep, yep. Rima and all of her in- insistence mm. on let's watch week to week. No, right? You know, keep it, keep it fresh, keep it focused on the one episode. Yeah, I was. It's okay. I did it to myself too. I. Yeah, there at the end, I was just like, are you freaking kidding me? I might have said something else besides freaking. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely anxious to see what happens next. But I enjoyed this episode. I, I feel like with this episode, you can definitely tell that we are close to the this first volume, I guess. Um, these seven episodes before we're kind of on that little split. In fact, while you and I are recording this, the last two episodes are set to be released this Friday. So that's kind of where we are in the timing of this. And we are just on episode six coming up on episode seven. So you can really feel how all the chess pieces are really being moved for this. Mm-hmm. I feel, I feel like it's going to be like this maximum impact um, that brings us into episodes eight and nine. Um, I think there's, there's, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of development and there's a lot of setup. And I don't mean that in a bad way because I think it's setting it up in a really good way. That's going to be this big, big payoff for episode seven that we're going to be able to watch after we record this tonight um, and then get us ready for the Mm -hmm. last two episodes. So I, I I really liked it. Great episode. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I I thought it was great. Uh, A lot of really tense moments, a lot of things building up, like a lot of these like storylines that we've been talking about and kind of you know trying to guess where they're going and speculate things ha- are all picking up on that which we'll talk about them in separate points but i mean we have the the hopper situation is definitely going to be reaching a big thing we've got
5: you know mm-hmm. what we've questioned
4: about jason and what he's going on like now we're like full-fledged into that we are crossing over into this like vecna versus our, our kids you know so yeah all these different storylines we'll talk about when we break this down but Everything is really reaching that point where it's like, all right, we're there's there's nowhere else for these stories really to go other than the big payoff.
3: Yep. I agree. All right. Well, because I know we have a lot to talk about during um, or for this particular episode. Um how about I started off this week? I know that, um,
4: I was thinking the like same like... thing. I even mentioned it last week, yeah, <laughs> I was like instead of let let me be the one that's going, well, since that's one of my points, I'll just add on um, <laughs> i I'll, I'll do that this I week
3: mean, i'm to- I'm totally fine with that, but just you know uh, since since I know you mentioned it last week and you're and you know you insist then i I will go ahead and take the turn <laughs> this week, yes. and I'll start it off. um, I'm happy to do that, and then i'll I'll just run all over your points. How about that? <laughs>
4: <laughs> Perfect. Sounds good. Okay. I'm, I'm due for it. I, I've been doing it all to you all right. season. It's your turn.
3: No, no, it's fine. You know, it really doesn't bother me. It really doesn't at all. I, I love the conversation <laughs> that we have. Um, I don't feel anything is taken away from my points at all. Uh, well, let's start off with uh, my first pointer, number five. I want to talk about um, what the fuck with the sheriff. Um, and his deputies all doing absolutely nothing while Jason <laughs> is basically forming a freaking posse and and right. gathering up this witch hunt. I, I'm like, the whole town just seems to know that this guy has, the sheriff, I mean, has like no backbone and they don't listen to him at all. And I can't help but think that like if Hopper were there, he'd like punch Jason to like shut him up. <sighs>
4: right <laughs>
3: or or probably not even have a town hall to begin with i mean like hopper would be like whatever you know um and wouldn't even bother with having a town hall but i'm like why would you let him keep talking and hyping people up like that you know yeah um why i don't know it was just like i'm i'm sitting there like watching jason get these people you know, fired up, which he seems to enjoy. He seems to enjoy making these speeches. We've seen him make the big speeches mm-hmm. before, right? He definitely, this is his element. I, I feel like this dude has um, an evangel- evangelical, like, future ahead of him, you know, with the <laughs> right. way that he goes on and on. Um, but you know, I was watching this and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe these people are listening to this. But then I think back in uh, during the 80s and we've mentioned it before with you know the, the satanic panic. Uh that's it's come yeah. and gone. You know, it 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 was definitely amped up in the 80s and it kind of went to sleep for a little while and it kind of came back and it kind of, you know, has its its phases throughout the years. But I remember during this time, yeah. you know, and that fear really was out there. This is a very small town. You got to remember Hawkins is a small town and you know, they're hearing this constantly on the news about kids being very, uh, impressionable by movies and music and, you know, things like that. And they're just totally feeding into that. So I'm like, well, I guess I can see, you know, and then, yeah, there's a fear. Kids are dying, you know, they don't think the cops are really doing anything or at least not enough. Um, So I don't know, Um, but I was just really irritated with the sheriff and the deputies while they weren't like shutting him down. Like, why would you get the town Why would you allow him to get the town all worked up like that? Shut that shit down before they get everyone so worked up. So I don't know that. I I just want to kind of touch on that. Just that specific point that it just really irritated the hell out of me. And I thought (laughs) Hopper would never allow this (laughs) to get that far. So anyway, (laughs) did you have any thoughts about that? um scene yeah
4: um as as it, as it should be that's definitely one of my points Or more of jason kind of in what he's doing so i can kind of you know embellish more of the story on him mm-hmm. uh but yeah it's funny because you know how i title my points like a little like titles because i have fun yeah. with them sometimes so that was just like it's not that i have more fun ones in here but uh that was you know j <laughs> but yeah but I, it was fun you said it because it was yeah jason and the satanic panic is what i have uh yeah and that's because i was thinking i mean with last like what did i say at the you know end of last week's episode it was like jason's gonna see what happened to patrick and he's still gonna find a way to blame eddie and then here we have him being you know interviewed and questioned by the police by uh powell and callahan and his exact words eddie is a vessel just a vessel for satan he's made a pact with the devil now he has his powers which i love then that like the officers are both just like oh okay that Thank you so much for that input. Mm-hmm. Good, good job. <laughs> you know, like yeah. They're very much like, oh, we're totally, okay. Uh. We're totally
3: listening to you. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah, but then, then we get the town hall meeting you're talking about, and the crowd's already wanting Eddie. Where They're like, why haven't you found Eddie yet? He's been, you know, you can't tell me. The first murder happened in his trailer, and you haven't been, you know, you haven't already found him and locked him up yet. And so they're already, the town's already kind of riled up about Eddie, but then when Jason comes in and crashes the party, like you're saying, I mean, he just really stirs up that frenzy. Especially when he's got this, like, he's got it all figured out. He's got the whole story ready to to give his big speech, you know, and yeah, he's this leader of a satanic cult and they're murdering kids as ritualistic sacrifice. And I mean, you know, D&D does take a lot of planning, but that group of kids doesn't really have all that in them, I don't think. Uh,
3: <laughs> right.
4: Yeah. And so he's passing around the, the photos, those yearbook photos of the Hellfire Club going around the room. And then, of course, you get like the Wheelers, the Sinclairs and Mrs. Henderson that are all just terrified for their kids at that point
1: mm-hmm. because their
4: pictures are being passed around. And you're seeing as Jason stirring this whole frenzy of all of the people in the room are now looking at this, you know, the picture of their kids thinking, oh, these are satanic murderers or at least yeah. they're following one. And so they're passing glances at each other from across the room. They're like, we're going to need to band together to protect our kids. Like, this is not good.
3: Exactly. I mean, they're probably scared for a couple of reasons. One that, I mean, they, I don't know if they fully believe that Eddie's like guilty of what they say, but clearly, you know, the, the police are at least focused on him and they know that their kids are associated with him. So they're probably one scared that, you know, because their kids could be involved and that something might happen to them just based on their uh, friendship with Eddie. But also the whole town's going to freaking know, like, they're going to go hunt them down, too. They're going to be guilty by association. So that's super scary. It was really kind of refreshing, though, to kind of finally see the the Stranger Things parents be like, oh, what are our kids up to, by the way? You
4: know, (laughs) Yeah, they finally (laughs) care. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. Uh we got one more thing, yeah, with Jason. I was like, I literally that when I watched it the first time and he goes, Romans twelve and I was like, Oh, of course he's gonna quote the Bible in his speech to the down. I was like, it's the most perfect and predictable move there is for him. I was like, Yeah, no. But and then the 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 small visuals when the parents all stand up at the end and they're all like looking at each other like we've gotta figure something out. I love that they're focused on on Mrs. Wheeler. And she's looking real concerned, and then Ted is standing behind her with just this look, just glazed over look on his face, and he's holding two donuts in his hand. And I was like, clearly, you know, he only showed up to this meeting for the free refreshments. Like he's so out of it the whole time.
3: He's here uh, for
1: the snacks, yeah, right.
4: Or even when they're back at the house and they're all worried and they're looking for him, they're like, oh, you know, you know, they're they're not here, but they were supposed to be back from the movie, and it's just like, oh, you know, yeah, your kids are definitely up to something. Uh, that they're not telling you, but it's not ritualistic murder. Uh, you know, they are involved with Eddie, but he's he's actually a pretty good guy. But you know, so you see them all worrying, and then as you called him in the first, you know, two seasons or three seasons when you and uh, Sean were covering was, that moniker of just fucking Ted, and he's still being fucking Ted because <laughs> even his whole thing is just like, well, we don't know what's really possible. It's like our kids are not murderers, and he's like, I didn't say that. Don't put words in my mouth. And then he's even talking to like lucas's dad you're like see what i'm talking about she does that she twists my words i'm like oh my god
3: dad. Right. Go get a donut.
4: <laughs> just get more snacks and shut up um <laughs> yeah yeah and then you talk about the-, the officers i'm just like i kind of feel bad for them but also like they're just so out of their element and like over their heads because i'm like they're annoyed it's like yeah they've got this gruesome murder investigation to deal with with all these different murders but now they have a whole riled up town who are hunting down innocent kids and disrupting the whole investigation and they're just like "Eh, it'll be fine we'll just stay calm and figure it out
3: (laughs) we're enforcing that curfew
1: (sighs) right
4: (laughs) make sure we enforce that curfew or like on the news thing whenever you know Chief Powell is like, well, I've got some busy work to do, you understand, but we'll have the town meeting, we'll come back then. And then everybody's like, but what about Eddie? And what about this? And then like Callahan, all he has to do is he just gives them this like cheesy, dumb, like thumbs up, like, we got it covered, guys, you're good. And as they walk off, I'm like, man, yeah, you can say if Hopper was here, he would have none of this shit.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you can kind of see where, like the town has like no faith. In, in these guys at all. I mean, I know we've given them a hard time the past 3 seasons that we've covered uh the you know the show. Uh, I think we often would call him Huey and Dewey or something, you know. Right. And, I mean, I think they're I, mean, I, I at least think the sheriff is trying. I just don't think he's quite earned the same respect and authority that Hopper had and the town just doesn't right. seem to take him very seriously at all. They don't really have a lot of faith in him. And and I mean, I know he's trying. I just think he's in over his head, you know, with this with this whole thing. I mean, clearly we know so much than what they do. I mean, the whole upside down and demons from another world, and you know that is not what they're thinking at all. So this, of course, makes sense to the rest of them that there's, you know, oh the devils, you know, loose in Hawkins, and this is why the town is cursed, and you know that's why they're able to apply that what in quotes their logic it's not logical but you know their logic and what they see what they hear in the news you know Mm -hmm. to this situation you know but you know you had to hear jason be like he's got the devil's power now you know and that's how he was able to kill patrick (laughs) from the boat and it's like do you hear what you're saying but i mean to them it makes sense um Mm -hmm. so i don't know crazy but, you know, it happened – I was I was talking about how this kind of comes and goes over the years. You know, I was thinking it also happened um, in the 2000s with Harry Potter. Uh, I know you're, oh, that I might be something you'd be more familiar with versus like the 80s. Yeah,
4: like in the that part, but. mid to late – mid-late 90s growing up when I was around the age of the kids on this show. And, you know, my mother, bless her soul – you know she as much as i loved her yeah she was very very religious and i remember growing up at that time where yeah i mean harry potter couldn't have anything to do with that i was not allowed to play pokemon as a kid because you know it was like that whole they they evolve and you know oh. they have these like magical Ooh, powers and if god didn't give them to them then then who did you know it's I grew up right in the middle of it, a very religious household as a kid, so oh boy, yes, I've been there <laughs>
3: okay so so you were definitely impacted at least in that time frame i yeah uh, I remember very much the eighties <laughs> and the music and all of that, uh, but I do remember uh, you know being older, my daughter uh, was young, and when you know when Harry Potter was coming out i didn't believe any of that I thought it was great I thought it was great that kids were reading again you know (laughs) because the kids were definitely kind of getting away from that at that time but we at the time lived we lived in Texas at the time and in the community that we were in it was a very Catholic community and Mm -hmm. there was definitely a lot of you know folks that did not believe that their kids should be exposed even People in my family whose whose kids were like they're not allowed to read Harry Potter, and you know what, have whatever beliefs you want, you know. But um, yeah, th- that that's something more that maybe folks today might remember if you weren't around in the eighties. So that's interesting. Yeah. You definitely. So yeah,
4: works. I lived through the nineties wave of it. The nineties <laughs> wave of it was yeah, Pokemon, yeah. Harry Potter, and like. D&D was also in- included in that, too. Yeah. It has also been definitely, I remember that. So, yeah. I, I wasn't playing know- D&D at the time. I never started. I didn't start playing D&D until, like, maybe five or six years ago. More really? as an adult has really gotten into it. Yeah. So <laughs>
3: Okay. I didn't know that about Pokemon. I never heard that about Pokemon. <laughs> My daughter was so into Pokemon. Well, okay. Not was she still is my daughter is still, right. as a still as i still buy adult. every game when they come <laughs> out say, yeah <laughs> oh, oh yeah she does too every game uh she she yeah she still goes bananas. she's a full-ass adult and still is mm-hmm. bananas over pokemon so that really hasn't stopped with her but when she was you know back in the day when she first got into it yeah um, i'd never heard <laughs> that that's interesting i missed missed all of that whole mess glad i did <laughs> anyway um, yeah, so next point. So that was for me. What is your, uh, number five?
4: That was, yeah, I'll take that. Oh, you I'll take that? That? Okay. I'll, I'll take, We're yeah, because I We're went rolling. through all my notes on one of my <laughs> points was, yeah, Satanic Panic and, and Jason stirring everybody up. Yeah.
3: Oh, gosh, that dude. Yeah, I've had enough of him. Um, okay, well, my number four, I, w- you mentioned Hopper and, and we both talked about Hopper and how, you know, he wouldn't let you know, I feel anyway, if he was in charge, wouldn't be letting the situation get as out of control as what it is right now. So we come back and man, it's been a bummer with Hopper and his storyline. Our Hopper is a broken, broken man. And it has been hard to watch. Um, But I felt in this episode, some good news, there is still a little bit of our old hopper still left inside of that broken man. And we come back to where he and the Russians are in that cell. And they fell, Antonov at that moment felt, this is it. You know, we, like, this is when it's going to be the end for us. Um, but instead they get taken to this dinner. And I was really surprised mm-hmm. that they seemed to be, thinking that this was to make them stronger i mean i felt like when they sat down to that like it showed that big long table full of this delicious food i was like that's their last meal why would they bother Mm -hmm. i mean it did not occur to me at all that they would be you know building up their strength for a fight i mean that's the conclusion that they came up with but
4: fattening them up yeah
3: that's exactly (laughs) exactly i was like i was like that i mean i wasn't sure i wasn't quite making the connection that hopper did like oh they're fattening us up or you know being you know for when that damn thing eats us or whatever i didn't make that connection but i'm like this is your last meal this is <laughs> this is what they do for <laughs> people on death row right get that last meal um but i loved that conversation between them you could see the men where they were feeling kind of hopeful about it's fine you know, yeah, this is going to be scary. Uh This, whatever this creature is, you know, is, is definitely powerful. But if we band together, you know, and we stick together, we might have a chance. Yeah, yeah, we got a chance. We can, we can take this thing. And Hopper's like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> let me burst that bubble for you. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. um, because he has seen a Demogorgon, you know, based off the description, you know that that he's hearing. You know, he has seen the demogorgon, and he knows exactly what those things can do. Um, and but what's what's great to see, what I love there is where Hopper really kind of comes back into himself. You know, I I I felt he was so broken, and that he wasn't going to be able to come back. Um, to but you know, oh ye of little faith, um, is what I tell myself that. After this conversation, you can definitely see where he comes back because he instigates that fight to get that lighter because he's like, you know, I've seen this thing and I have experience. If you think that you're just going to fight this thing, you're so wrong. Um, So I I love that he has come back to himself. He instigates a fight with that guard, gets the lighter and, you know, and and tells them, like, this is the only way that we're going to have a chance. Um, is is to fight this thing with fire because he knows that's the only thing that it's scared of. Um, so I'm I was excited to see Hopper come back around. I am still I'm just like oh, here we are on episode six and we've still got him in this freaking prison. Um, I've been mm-hmm. complaining a little bit about wanting to move on this story uh, from Russia for a while. I really really hope that that's what comes to fruition in the next episode. But uh, I'm I feel like.
4: Yeah. Where, where we're left off with this episode of, I mean, it's like the last moment they're preparing, like, because from what it under you know, from what Oleg, the the other prisoner was saying, mm-hmm. it's like they got fed the dinner. So it's like that night is going to be the night that the Demogorgon is uh, like attacks them. They're, they're put thrown in that like pit with it. So we're getting to it. It's like we're down to the wire on that story. And then now we know that Joyce and Murray are in Russia in the same town. They're like two hours away from the prison. They're heading that way for that night. You know they'll be there at nightfall. We're going to go in and do it. We got to do it, whatever. So, I feel like we are. We've got to end that story in next episode. I think it only makes sense that way. If we if we get to the end of seven and they're all still there, I'm gonna be like, okay, come on, guys.
3: <laughs> I know, I know. I'm so ready for it, and I'm so ready for a Joyce and Hopper reunion. I mean, I have had some mm-hmm. moments where it's definitely a lot of moments um, from season four since we've started covering this season um that have definitely made me tear up i'm probably going to really lose it at the joyce and um, <laughs> hopper reunion that's definitely going to leave me very teary-eyed for sure so i'm i'm ready for it i i agree i think i think we're about there we should see some movement there um with them and the demogorgon whatever happens with that uh and with joyce and murray on their way to the prison with their plan um but, you know, I'm also kind of worried about Antonov. I know he was maybe not a super stand up kind of guy, uh, but I've really grown to like him very much, Alexei. Yeah. And I am really scared for him. I hope, I hope he doesn't die. I'll say that. Um, I right. feel like the other prisoner, <laughs> prisoners, they're expendable. But I really like Antonov. Right. I hope he is able to escape and and yeah. get out. So I've I've grown to really like him. So that, that was just yes. – it, it's a small point, but just mostly Hopper. I really loved the whole back and forth as he's talking and Antonov is translating. I just love that whole scene um, and seeing like the faces really fall of all those prisoners like uh, right. <laughs> we're in deep shit. you know. Um, so I, I just love that whole scene with all of them. I love seeing Hopper kind of come back to his old self. So kind of small point, but that was my yeah. number four. Um,
4: cool, which that was also one of my points. So I might – combine that with some extra notes and, yeah. and have a little follow-up as yeah. a point um yeah which just to kind of embellish uh yeah with with my point kind of on hopper's stuff yeah you're talking about when they're taking to the dinner i did think it's funny you know they all they they lead the prisoners out to, to like the yard the pit <laughs> and they all stop in front of that door and they're just waiting they're like okay here it comes and then the guards just like what are you waiting for? Keep keep going. Follow me. What do you guys do? T- Why are you stopping? Yeah, and it was just kind themselves. of a funny little moment. Yeah. There's <laughs> <laughs> just this funny little moment where they're like, and now's the time we die. And they're like, Oh wait, no, there's food? Oh, oh cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then yeah, there's the the brawl that I just Again, I was like, Hopper is still so freaking smart when he needs to be like he hasn't completely given up. Something has like flipped back in him where he's like, no, I'm not going to just give up. And it might have been I mean, he kind of had that moment where he dropped the cup in order to be able to take one of the bottles of vodka and slide it into his jacket pocket. But, it, you know, and a- as Antonov is saying, oh, yeah, the American, you know, he's just he's given up on his will to live he's lost his will his spirit for life mm-hmm. and that might have kind of turned you know they kicked it on a little bit and be like no i'm not gonna give up that easy uh you know so maybe maybe he's i've still... got one more trick up my sleeve you know <laughs>
3: thank god i know i should have never doubted that hopper would have given up <laughs> yeah you're right
4: right and that he knows people so well that he has been around and he's just been paying attention that he knows antonov well enough to just, like, you know. Talk about a man's wife and child like that. And he's going to jump you, you know, and got, got him riled up to attack him, knowing that that guard was going to insert himself into the fight to where he'd get a chance to, to nick the lighter off of him. Like there's just these little things he's, he's been paying attention. And I like that about Hopper. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess just to add on to that, you know, as we talked about Joyce and Murray getting there, because I have just, you know, again, Joyce and Murray were going to be like last week, just extra notes, but I'll throw them in as the <laughs> point. Uh, yeah. Cause I, I like, yeah, just when we see they survived the plane crash, uh, so did Yuri, but they made it to Russia. Like, it's funny that they crash landed not too far from where they were actually going to go anyway. Uh, and then Joyce and Murray have the high ground now, or the upper hand. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> too much star Wars lately. I uh, too much Obi-Wan <laughs> <one>
1: right now. <laughs> it's right. Been happening. Yeah.
4: Uh, yeah. And it, it's great, you know, Yuri takes them where they need to go cuz they just threaten him they're like well, either you, you take us or we just leave you right here to the tree turning your Yuri was eaten by bears joke into a prophecy. Uh and then I just like <laughs> Murray's like Murray's impressions uh, of Yuri to him he's just like you know should we fly out of here little bird and she's like ah oh, nah,
3: nah. like man I just, just get right into it. <laughs> I need a, I need a little spin off of Joyce and Murray. I just <laughs> right. I love them so much.
4: But yeah, just the way that they like play off of each other with just like, yeah. And I saw tracks, tracks, just like <laughs> just in adding to it. It's like, There's bears. You're going to be so eaten. Uh, they're so. Good. And then even when they drop the plan on him, when they get to the church where, you know, they have they get the guns, they come back and, you know, they have the map and they're planning where to go. And then they drop this other plan on Yuri because it was like, well, you were supposed to be delivering us to the prison today anyway. Right. And I like how he's just like. But it would look weird if Yuri was tied up. And he's like, well, he won't be because I'm Yuri now. And you're Murray now. And it's a non-speaking role. And he was just going (laughs) to gag you anyway. And they're going back and forth with that. Like, they've planned this out and talked about it without, you know, at some time off screen. And it's just funny how they go back and forth with the plan. And, yeah, Joyce and uh, Murray are the dream team I never really knew that we needed. But this season has really shown... Oh, they're incredible together and they are a lot of fun and you can pull off anything.
3: I I I agree. I love those two together. And it's it's good to because as scary as what this season has been and obviously stakes are super high. We talked about that last week. Like there's a lot hanging on the season with the events of uh what's happening with, with Max and everyone in Hawkins and Eleven needing to get her powers back. There's so much this really scary intense deep things happening it's good to get a little bit of the comic relief um and it's 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 welcome it's a good balance you know that they have and i and i love you know uh joyce and murray are definitely delivering that you know um in in, in their own way so i i love that i love those two they're they're just comedy gold to me yes love them love it Anything else you want to say about that?
4: Uh, that that'll that be it, I think.
3: Okay. All right. Well, moving on then to my next point or number three that I have here. So I, I had a lot to say last week about that um, orderly guy, the blonde orderly, you know, that uh, kept popping mm-hmm. up uh, around 11 there at the lab. And I'm still holding... To a lot of what I said, as far as my, I I don't, I still don't have anything completely settled yet. Uh, I'm still kind of having a lot of theories. I'm not quite sure where to land. However, I do think I I have um, figured something out. And it's based on his conversation with Eleven when she's doing that Plunko game. So Mm -hmm. this dude is definitely still putting out a vibe. I, I can't put my finger on it just yet. He's up to no good somewhere somehow there's something yeah. up with this guy. And so in these yeah, I had that
4: in my notes as well just <laughs> literally like a note saying like his vibe is very strange. <laughs> like vibe yes. specifically even the word I'm giving. I'm like he just radiates offness if that's a word.
3: <laughs> I'll accept it for for sure because I'm 100% with you. I, I I I again I can't quite put my finger on it. But something about him. And so in these memories um that 11 is experiencing and she keeps reliving she's trying to figure this out like they're 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 making her figure this out on her own because that's what's going to bring her powers back and she's kind of struggling through that. Well in these memories he's definitely taken more of an interest in 11 seems more than he is with the other kids at least for what we're seeing. And and even and she's like with her like type kids right like all these kids are like special like 11 there's something special about mm-hmm. all of them they're not like in quote normal um, he has this conversation with her and tells her you know because she's trying so hard at this game and she's not successful at getting to the number that she wants and you know so he, he's like you know you remind me of someone and she's like who and he takes the little um um uh, I don't know what you call those little thingies. Um, but he takes the, the little, uh, piece there and puts it in that number one slot. And she's like, one, well, one doesn't exist. And he tells her, he's like, well, you know, and he's like, well, Papa, Papa said that, you know, number one doesn't exist or didn't exist. And he's like, well, sometimes Papa doesn't tell the truth. Uh, and mm-hmm. so my, oh, just 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 the brain is firing, you know, I'm like, oh, we're getting something, <laughs> we're getting something here. Um, and he tells Elle that one was just like her, and that nothing came easy to him until one day it all changed. And he said that one... Number one told him that it was, or because he used his emotion to get stronger and that he thought of a memory that made him both sad and angry and that it worked. And he wanted her to think of a memory like that. And he then reminds her and we get this flashback all the way to season two and we see mama uh, after she broke into the lab and she found 11 and we also know number eight uh, were there playing in that room and he reminds her of that. And so as and, and something kinda clicks with her like, oh yeah, you know what, maybe. Um but he's 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 number one, right? He's definitely number one. <laughs> I mean, are are you are you am I completely off? Are you thinking the same thing? I think he's number one. <laughs> and
4: I I would think so. I think so.
3: Okay, okay. Um I mean, I don't know, but I, I'm like, nah, he's too on the nose with something um, with with this whole conversation that he's having with Levin. I feel like he's talking about himself, but I have so many questions yeah, about that. Yeah,
4: he's got – yeah, because there, there's a lot of – which is really interesting. I, I feel like I, I really had to pay attention to what he was saying to her because I'll go ahead and, you know, I get, I knew. He was like, let you go first because that's how this <laughs> is going to go because this is definitely one of my we're points. Just, there's a lot here. of you know memories, which is great. And yeah, is uh, that conversation about, you know, popping not being honest and, you know, whoever number one was that there's this like really dark story, but he's not there now. And I'm thinking, you know, uh, but then we have this orderly, which I keep wanting to call Jamie just because they actor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, but, um, but yeah, uh, the I, I what I pick up on is things like the fact that as far as we know, it seems like, this character, this person is new to Eleven as she's reliving through these memories. So the fact that she doesn't remember him or his their conversations that they had when she was younger makes me feel like, well, he definitely is involved in the really dark stuff that she's been repressing
3: yes, in some way. Because she can't remember really anything before that traumatic event. Like she's forgotten all of that because it was trauma, which is yeah. – I mean we know that when you experience trauma – it, people do tend to just like totally repress all those memories of yeah. that because your brain can't deal with the trauma that happens. So they it just suppresses it, which, yeah, it's like why she doesn't remember him because he was part of all of that. She doesn't remember anything before that. Yeah, He's involved. Something was with that guy. I'm he's definitely you.
4: involved. And there's, I, I really pick up on, like you said, that he's telling her that one found his strength in a memory from his past, which is what she is currently doing at that exact moment. She is in a memory of her past of her talking to him.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And like he, at that moment in that memory, he's literally arming her with the ammunition that she needs to unlock a deeper power, which the way that one did, whether one is him or, or something else that he's talking to somebody else that he's talking about, but we know that that ended very badly. And so if he's giving her the power to have done something herself, or giving her the power to make her believe she's the one that did something when she didn't.
3: That's a good point. <laughs> and so, what something that you just said, do you think that he is, like, because why is he telling her this? Why is he taking a liking to her? Is it just this... What he feels, because I do, I'm just going to go with the assumption that I I think he's number one. So let's just say he's number one,
1: mm-hmm.
3: that he feels like some kind of commonality with her because he does see himself right. in her and that's why he's extending some help to her or he's, you know, extending his, his, his help, his hand and talking to her and taking this special interest in her because he sees himself. Oh, or is he feeding her this because... He feels he can reach her and he wants to use her. He feels maybe by telling her this information, he can unlock this gift, this power, make her stronger or find that strength within and use her for something somehow. Like he's yeah. going to unlock this power within her and use it for his own purposes for some reason. I I, I don't know. Um and whenever he talks about this he's like oh well he told you know number one told me that what changed was he used this emotion to get stronger he thought of a memory that made him both sad and angry could he be referencing because i feel again i know i'm i i can hear myself and i feel like i sound a little batshit but um <laughs> if because i do believe he's henry Cre- uh, victor creel's son
1: Mm-hmm.
3: When he's referencing a memory that made him both sad and angry, is he referencing? Is he talking about the memory from when his sister and his mother died? What happened at the house when his, you know, that whole event that we saw in that flashback? Um, right. But yeah, that's. I like what I like what you said there. Now I have even more questions.
4: Yeah. Is that? Yeah. Is is he reaching out to her because there's commonality and he finds. He sees himself in her or is it more dastardly than that where he's like, I can get close, make her think that she's doing this. And then mm-hmm. if he has a darker plan, well, she's the perfect scapegoat.
1: Exactly. Because she's
4: g- gaining all this power because she's, he recognizes himself in her.
3: Good point. That is, I didn't think of that. But that's a, a really good mm-hmm. point and I think maybe a good possibility. So if he, as I believe, is number one – why is he still allowed to be there? Like, why, why would Brenner and the rest of, of the the people there at the lab still allow him to be there and, and then, and then say that he didn't exist. So maybe I'm totally off on that. I don't know because why would they? And then why, why does Brenner hurt him for getting too close to 11? Like they were like poking him with those like cattle prod things. Mm -hmm. Um,
4: yeah, it was like, it was like punishment of some kind for, and all I can think of is because Brenner kind of took notice that he was getting close to Al.
3: And if he was number one, as I suspect, then what happened to his powers? Like if he right. was special and he had powers like Eleven or some of the other children there and he was like those kids, what happened to his powers? Why, mm-hmm. you know, what so, questions, questions, throwing out there, um, something to think about. Um, I don't know, but yeah, yeah something about this dude. There's,
4: yeah, it feels. I do like go into. You know, I've had some of these notes as my next point. Uh, just to kind of add to it as I've been doing. Yeah, I like, yeah. Uh, is yeah, there's there's a lot of questions there, and I think it's not only in the memories does the orderly have a lot more, you know, know a lot more or is a lot more than we think or have seen. But I think even Brenner still is hiding more than he's let on. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, Elle's going back through these repressed memories. And we have in this episode, Brenner explaining the process to her, you know, just regain your powers and all of this, you know. But then when she mentions the memories that she's having of the blood and the broken bodies everywhere. That's one that even Brenner seems to not want her to access if she doesn't have to. Like, it's almost like he's hoping that the other stuff is enough to bring her powers back, that she doesn't need to go there.
1: Mm-hmm. Cause
4: he says, Oh, that's a, that's a deeper or darker thing that, you know, we, we, he basically says we're trying to avoid. And so I, I, I wonder, like, is he still trying to hide something from her, even as he's bringing her through her memories? Is there something that happened back then that he's hoping she still doesn't find out, that she won't need it.
1: Hmm.
4: And, but then later, as he, she keeps going deeper and deeper, I, again, I picked up it had to be important. I felt like it was a very important tiny piece of dialogue, or else why show it as quickly as I did? But with Owens going up to him and saying, We should have just told her the truth. And his response, he goes, And risk everything, she'll find out soon enough. And, Man, <laughs> yeah, you know what? Yeah. I feel like Brenner is still hiding a lot more, too.
3: Well, and I think, th- like, I don't fully trust this orderly um, either. I, I do feel some not so forthcoming vibe from him. Definitely creepy vibe. So many different vibes that I don't, you know, but I think he was spot on when he was like, sometimes Papa doesn't tell the truth. And who would know that better if oh, yeah. he really was number one? you know who who would know better than than he and i i so i mean i think he is at least being honest about that i think he is being truthful so yeah i think that you're probably right i i don't feel brenner is very forthcoming i don't feel and i hope that this isn't some sort of like redemption arc for brenner brenner still i think a piece of shit i know we're seeing some like light-hearted like or, or, or maybe not lighthearted, but softer moments with Brenner. Like, we saw him in season one. Mm-hmm. He was such an asshole to 11 and so abusive to her and caused her so much hurt and trauma. But you, we can't forget everything that he did. You know, we, we're seeing him flashbacks, like he seems really affable. The children like him being around and you've seen him like in, when they're doing their testing. You know, he seems to be very friendly and affable towards them. But due to still not on the up and up look what he did to you know uh uh 11's mom terry ivers you know the dude's still pretty Mm -hmm. damn sketchy um so i mean i think you're right you know i i don't know i don't i
1: don't fully
3: trust what he's doing here with 11
4: right and even though i mean it's it's almost like a stockholm syndrome thing with the respect and love those kids have for him in some cases because
1: yeah
4: papa's all they have because i mean even in this episode with these memories I mean, we're seeing the, the test that he has these subject, you know, kids going through. I mean, he's having them do telekinetic sumo. Like, they're in these <laughs> circles. You know, I was like, maybe a little bit of padding in that room would have been helpful, dude.
3: Sometimes um, <laughs> I like, that in my note, too. But...
4: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, those are some hard walls. And then get random note, I was like, that little toe crack that two did. I was like, man, I want to do that on command. That's intimidating as hell. Uh <laughs> But yeah, I mean he's just letting them throw each other against the walls and you know has I mean he I think he knew exactly what was going to happen up until the end. I mean, this was for two to just sit there and blast all the other kids all the way through 11. Uh then when 11 comes up last and then it's the, the orderly telling her, "Good luck." And with that, then his voice is kind of in her head and she's thinking back to the conversation they had. And then his, you know, think of something that makes you angry and sad is echoing through her head. And that's what really, you know, wins over, you know, for her is she uses that memory and uses that anger to throw two right through the, you know, into that mirror behind him and, and win the game. Mm-hmm. Which clearly he was not too happy about. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah.
4: And that's just another. Yeah. And I, I think. Did the orderly, or if we want to call him number one, if we want to make that assumption, know that that was going to happen and was he playing at it? And You ask were his powers, maybe he still has a little bit and maybe cheated and helped her a little bit. That's why he's being punished. Mm. Uh, because I think, if I wanted to go to let's, let's say he has a very dark, you know, plan.
3: Okay.
4: Like I was saying, let's think the worst of him. Then what perfect way to set this up, you know, knowing that it looks like Maybe he knows 2 is going to be pissed off that he was embarrassed in front of everybody by 11, knowing that 2 is then going to bully and, and beat up on and, and push around 11 and mm-hmm. threaten her. To where now, as you're going through those memories, I mean, there's still a big gap that we're missing. Yeah. But to 11 right now in her mind where we're left with her in this episode is she's being bullied, picked on, hurt, kicked around by this kid and the other well, some of the other kids. And then next thing you know, she's covered in blood and they're all dead. Right. And so in her mind, she's thinking, well, they were picking on me and they threatened to kill me if I told Papa. So I killed them out of retaliation and and defense or whatever. Now we see that there's still a big piece missing, but it's like something huge is still buried. But it's like, okay, everything has been set up to make it look like she would have done it. She was building up the power to do it and she had a reason to do it.
3: Exactly. You know what? We are on the same line of thinking. This is actually my number two was um, to kind of further what what I was was just mm-hmm. talking about, and my number three, and what you were just talking about was you know at least in part also is Brenner in this child fight club he's got going on. <laughs> it's, it's i saw, thinking of this quote. Yeah, I think I saw this online. If tonight's your first night in the Rainbow Room, you have to fight. <laughs> <laughs> but w- I'm thinking, what in the world is the purpose of this? You know, it was one thing to see their them test their skills with the lights, uh, trying to make the lights mm-hmm. move. Okay, I get that. But what the hell's the purpose of having these kids fight like that, putting them against each other? I mean, if, if this kid yeah. is superior... At least at least until 11 kind of unlocks um, what she's capable of. But why the hell would you allow this? I don't know what the what the point of it was, but I did find something that Brenner said if you really watch him when he says this line in, in that scene when he's talking to the kids after he's drawing the circles, he tells them, if you allow anger or emotion to invade your thoughts, you will fail. And I'm like, did that happen before? With number one, perhaps, because what did number one say? He found a way to unlock his power or what he could do with emotion, with Mm -hmm. that anger and emotion. And that's what he tells Eleven to do. Um, And what he, of course, uh, hints at her to do, like you said, when he kind of whispers at her to beat this uh, other kid um, is to, hey, think of that memory, right? Uh, So what the frig happened You know, uh, I want this story like right now with this number one and what happened. um, And I agree with you. How about some freaking padded walls already? If you're going to have kids
1: like tossing (laughs) each other
3: around. I don't know what the hell the purpose. This seems, again, you know, it's one thing to like, oh, have someone read their mind. Oh, can you locate Dr. So-and-so down the hall? Where are they? What are they doing? What are they talking about? Uh, But it's, and then, oh, move the lights with your mind. But to like, Throw kids around? I don't know. I don't like that. That's just, I don't, I don't like that. Um. And oh, in a side note, when the orderly when he's tying the blindfolds around them, just reminded me of what Eleven does in previous seasons. What she does to kind of focus her power when she was uh-huh. trying to access. You know, like oh, I'm, I oh, I need to go find Billy. What's Billy up to? She would blindfold herself, you know, and kind of reach out, you know, reach her mind out. I, I just thought that was kind of cool. It must be where she's picked up. Um, on that. But, and you mm-hmm. mentioned the bullying thing. I mean, I think there is something to that. And it, it was, it, it broke my freaking heart. I mean, we talked about in the premiere, um, well, and just not in the premiere, but um, the episodes where uh, Eleven was being bullied at her new school by what the, I can't even remember that girl's name, the blonde girl. Um, Angela. I think. Angela. Thank you. She was so freaking mm-hmm. terrible. I just completely forgotten her name. Um, You know, as if that wasn't bad enough, the absolute hell that she was putting her through. But even in in, um, this group of um, not normal kids, right? This is the place where Eleven should be fitting in, right? Because she is more with her own kind of kids Um, and she's more of a a peer. She's still getting freaking bullied. I mean, this kid can't catch a break and it broke my freaking heart to see how they kept picking at her. Um, And it's no wonder that when she woke up, it was like you saying that she thinks that she that she hurt them, that she's the one that did that. She's covered in blood, um, that she would be the one like she thinks anyway, that she is the one that has lashed out and caused this terrible event because they picked on her. And that's exactly what she did to Angela in that scene there at the school Mm -hmm. when she um, when she Tried to use her power. Of course, she didn't have her power. But when she lashed out at her, she tried to do it then. And then she actually did do it at the skating rink with the skate. She lashed out at her bully. Mm -hmm. So, of course, she thinks that's what she did at the lab. She lashed out at her bully and and it went out of control because she's got this power, right? And it broke my damn heart, uh, her waking up crying, thinking that Mm -hmm. she did that. And I think you're right. There's something to that. I, I wasn't quite connecting the dots that he might be setting her up to, you know, use her as a scapegoat to kind of uh set the wheels in motion for this to kind of happen to pit her against these other kids and and for this to kind of all be a part of his plan. That is so good. There's yeah. I think you're right. You're <laughs> on to something.
4: Maybe. Just thinking. Yeah, I don't know. Uh <laughs> I'm excited. I feel like I feel like we're gonna get these answers in the next episode in seven. God, I think I hope so. with this volume one ending i i think we're gonna get most of the answers that we've been wondering about and then kind of get the big showdown in the finale episodes i'm thinking i don't know I, I don't know all what we're supposed to get but that's what makes sense to me so i'm hoping that we get a lot of these the, the, the kind of wrap up the background of, of what was going on with l and her memories next week which would be tonight for me watching it but then when we talk about it uh,
3: <laughs> well yeah i i i hope so i hope at least by the next episode we get a little bit more i i know we've still got two more episodes after that after the the next two are released so we won't get everything but i'm i'm just really hoping we get a little bit more a few pieces of that story um because i'm definitely intrigued yeah. and because i don't believe i i i know it doesn't look good you know when we keep seeing these flashbacks uh of of L covered in blood and and the absolute tragedy that happened there at at the lab. I still don't feel like she's fully responsible, though. I, I feel like that's no. What
4: they keep- I think you know because we haven't
1: yeah,
4: we haven't seen her do anything. Right. It's always been like a flash, and she's covered in blood, and everybody else is dead, and then she's like taking it all in. But we haven't seen what happened, and I feel like if they keep holding off the actual event from mm-hmm. us. It's because there's a twist coming.
3: Exactly. I agree with you. Yeah, I, I still don't believe she's fully responsible. So um, mm-hmm. I think something did happen. We did see her her young self, her the, the blood coming from her eyes, her nose. She's got her hand out and she's like yelling, which is her typical, you know, when she's using her power and she's like lashing out or fighting against something. That's her typical pose. So I do think – I think she was involved and I talked about that before where she was facing that mirror that was broken and there was that crack in the wall that um, always kind of appears when something's happened with the upside down. Um, so I do think something happened. She was a part of something. I just don't think she was responsible for all of those um, deaths. Um, something right. something is, mm-hmm. has made that happen. I don't know. Um Well, I I just kind of like jumped in and added to what you were saying. Uh, That was my number two, was kind of elaborating on the – little hopscotch. Yeah. We're we're hop, hop, hopping along. Um,
4: Leapfrogging points. I like
3: it. Yeah, just leapfrogging here. (laughs) Virtual leapfrogging. Uh, But yeah, that was my expansion on like this whole child fight club, the bullying – you know, setting, I, I, I agree with you. I feel like there's maybe a setup there making her think that's a really good, I mean, I'm really, I like, really like what you said. There Maybe setting her up, um, for that. Um, so what, um, let's see, that was my number two. What's your number two. <laughs> All
4: right. Mine is, uh, Coming to Netflix this fall from the creators of Stranger Things, the Binghams. What a crazy family. Let's see. (laughs) um, (laughs) The sitcom of the century. Uh, Yeah, no, I just... The the Bingham family, Susie's family and her house and and everything going on there. I had a lot of fun watching all of that. I've been calling the crew, the Cali boys. So They make their way to Salt Lake. Uh, They get to the Bingham house. And just... A wild family situation. And here I am trying to like figure it out. I was like, well, what, there, is there not a mother in the house? Because we only see and hear about father. So I was like, is he a single father with like eight, nine kids, whatever it was? I was no, like, no
3: wonder they're all my, running around crazy. If there's, you know, know. There's one parent with all those children. My goodness, he's he's yeah. completely. And so then,
4: <laughs> <laughs> right? And I'm st- I was trying to like figure out. Okay, what leads to a situation like this? And then I'm like did he like adopt a bunch of different unique children or like maybe some are biological, maybe they're all biological. And it's just, you know, they were a Mormon family with a packed roster. I don't know. Uh, Cause I mean, Hey, it's, it's Utah. Um. They are in Utah. <laughs> they're, they're right. Um, so all I know is just madhouse. But then I was kind of breaking down looking at, you know, we're introduced to all the, the kids and so was like, which we know Susie, the tech wizard, uh but then as we go through we see the wild child cornelius shirtless and war paint with a vendetta against uh, the power in the house. Um we have our a couple of larping battlers, Tanner and Tatum. Uh Tabitha the actress and the aspiring filmmaker Sterling played by Roger Dale Floyd from Greenland, Doctor Sleep and World Beyond. Yes. Uh <laughs> love that kid. Um an unnamed sister in the kitchen uh, yelling at her uh, sous-chef Peter about oversalting. father's kidneys. Father's uh, kidneys! And, <laughs> and and then finally, Eden, the older, edgy sister who Argyle immediately falls for. I, the, I will shove her for you, Eden. I will I will do anything for you.
3: The Ally <laughs> Sheedy clone. I mean, she looked exactly like Ally Sheedy from Breakfast Club.
4: <laughs> for me. She was yeah, great. I didn't really think about that, yeah. but yeah. But but man yeah this <laughs> these kids because which I didn't even count officially I was like trying to guess so that is one two three four five six seven eight nine yeah wow I nailed it nine just on <laughs> guessing um Mm-mm. man that is a lot, uh, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no and then Paul I love how they kind of cut his to office <laughs> right I'm not <laughs> dealing with with all of them they can handle themselves uh at that point man uh. But I love that you know we cut into Susie being like that's the craziest story I've ever heard. And you're like, how much did they give her? And then it's funny. And then you find out they gave her a bogus story that's just as crazy, uh, which they tell her they're trying to track down the secret location on that you know from that number because it's a riddle to help them win a secret new game console, the American Nintendo, which a I, uh, I did see some uh, like tech company or game uh, actually made. mock-up of the American Tendo like it's not functioning and you can't buy it but they actually like created what it would look like and have like a little mock-up display and it's hilarious That is
3: (laughs) at this point and today it's like the PS5 the elusive PS5 right
4: um I yeah I I still if, if it wasn't for the fact that some of my best friends that I see every week actually do own one so I see it when I go to their house. I wouldn't believe there. I would be like, it's still a myth. You're just making it up. You
3: know, I think Sony's on. Yeah. Side, <laughs> side conversation. Um, I was thinking the same. I was like, this thing just doesn't exist. Exist, But my daughter actually just got one. She. Wow. Yeah.
4: Well, she. She get that hook up.
3: She. Well, I'll find out for you, but she follows some um, people yeah. on Twitter.
4: I've been on this uh, like Sony waiting list for like months. So,
3: well, she, was, <laughs> yeah, she, she got notified that there was a special thing happening with PlayStation. This was just this week. Like, she just got it a, a, a couple of days ago, um, and yeah, she got it through PlayStation. So it was legit because I was like, don't, please don't nice. buy it off third party, mm-hmm. and um, and she right. got put in a queue and counted down, and she got. They were like, okay, do you want it? And she's like, um, oh, my God, is this real? Like, she was totally questioning it. And, yeah, she she got one. It is sitting in her room as we speak. So it does exist for anyone who's, who's nice. that. She absolutely loves it. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, that's what, what it reminded me of. I was like, oh, it's the, the elusive PS5 in today's today's world.
4: <laughs> right. Yeah, so I love that they go to Susie with this plan. And she's, she's on board other than... There's one problem. Her computer was confiscated after her hacking and changing Dustin's grades. Uh, So then they have to recruit all the wacky children of the Bingham family to, uh, you know, cut down. The power goes down. There's juvenile chaos running amok among the house. And it gives Susie and the boys just enough time to sneak into their dad's office Mm -hmm. and call the number, get the coordinates and get out. Holy (laughs) sh-heck. Holy heck, she did it. <laughs> um
1: <laughs> language.
4: Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, it's funny then that, like, as they're running out, I was like, you know, there's constantly all these children in the house that Mr. Bingham, when he's coming back upstairs and they're running down, he doesn't even question or think twice about this random group of other kids that are just in the house. Like, he's it's, just like, it's oh, there's more of them. They've multiplied. OK, cool. And that's what's
3: so funny. I mean, I I mean, surely all of us, we're, we either come from a family like that or, you know, we're friends with like a family like that, that they had so many kids that – a few more, like they, some of those kids would invite their friends and their parents were just like, oh, what's another couple of kids in the house? Because they already are completely overrun right. with kids, right? So it, it was hilarious that no one <laughs> questioned, not even the dad, it was only Eden that was like, who the hell are you guys? You know, all the other kids were just like, eh, yeah. you know, didn't care. And even their dad was just like, slow down. He wasn't even like, who the hell are you people in my house? You know, it's hilarious.
4: <laughs> right just like all right there's more <laughs> great uh, for kids it's all yeah me. and so <laughs> yeah so that was really kind of a, and then just a few other little notes that i had just like kind of quotes and little things that i thought were fine uh a lot of it was Susie, you know with uh she's explaining ip and the internet and jonathan going what's the internet and she goes don't worry about it it's just going to change the world <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is awesome um <clears throat> she's early in on on the internet
1: Mm-hmm. And then
4: Mike going, can you print this? She goes, no, my skills end at IP geolocation. Which I was like, I got to love a good sarcastic nerd, just loaded with a quip to fire back at a dumb question. Uh, I
3: love Susan <laughs> so much.
4: So, yeah. And then um, again, uh, when the dad is dealing with, you know, all the other kids are in on it to like keep him downstairs as long as they can bring it back up. Roger Dale Floyd. Uh, I had high praises for him on run for your lives when we covered Greenland and So I'll say, I'll give him some high praises over on this podcast. Uh, I expect big things from him. Uh, Because again, yeah, he was uh, Gerard Butler's son, Mm -hmm. that character in Greenland, if you have seen that. And then uh, he played a young um, Elton in The World Beyond in the episode where they flash back to when everything went down and he was hiding out in a box in the museum or whatever. Uh. And he's really good there. And then, of course, he played young Danny in Doctor Sleep in those flashback scenes uh okay and so this kid's already done some really great stuff and even like his like in this episode i loved his like delivery of and cut incredible just incredible and father your terror Mwah. it looked genuine like <laughs> it's just like how into it he was i was like man because he was immediately I, I saw him and i was like I know who that is i know that kid uh <laughs> he was like He's, he looks familiar and i had to like you know going on imdb and looking at it was like that's who it is it was like yes and everything I've seen him in, he has nailed it.
3: Good for to him. To look forward to
4: more big things from him.
3: Yeah, he's, he's yeah. probably got a lot more coming too, especially, you know, just more recognition through this role. He, he, he played this young director uh, type to perfection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was adorable. Yeah,
4: even with the mustache and everything, <laughs> yeah. he was ready to go. That <laughs> yes. yeah, was great. And then last, just Argyle is a really big fan of uh, Pass the Duchy. He loves that song. Uh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And and no Susie that is not a skunk. Um but yeah. Okay.
3: No. <laughs> too 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 good, too good. Um yeah, mm-hmm. I had them in my notes too. I I loved this little introduction to Susie and her family. Um I thought it was absolute perfection and uh yeah, Argyle being completely infatuated with Eden and his reaction which you you already said he's like I I will shove her I-, I will do anything for me which is absolutely captivating. She's like
4: I'm Eden, like the garden, uh.
3: just, and of course, I mean, yeah. I-, I could not have pictured Eden and Argyle ending ending up in his van, um, completely stoned. I mean, I mm-hmm. didn't even think that. I thought it, was, but I thought it was absolutely hilarious. So love that. Love that he's completely love struck by Eden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she looked like Ali Sheedy to me. Yeah, I think that's what they were going for. Yes, I,
4: I don't know if we're going to see any more of any of those characters, any of Susie's siblings or anything anymore. But but if that's all we get of any of them, then uh, they played their their scenes perfectly and they will leave a mark in Stranger Things history forever. They sure do. Uh, <laughs>
3: I I don't know about the rest of the family, but I I hope it's not the end of of Susie. I hope we we get more of her. I think I just I love her. I think she's adorable. Right. Uh I and I I just love the thought of of her and Dusty. Um you know, she you can tell she's just completely infatuated. She's like I would do anything for Dusty bun, you know. Um I I think they're just so sweet for each other. So I hope that's not the end. I hope I hope her dad takes it easy on her so she can, you know, still still continue to date Dusty. Um, but I, I loved all of that, too. It was fun to see the complete chaos in that house. But really, the most unrealistic part of this episode for me was how quickly the computer booted up and how quickly they dialed in. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> right.
3: this is 1986 it's like you
4: turn the power off and back on it's like well there goes another 20 minutes i
3: I can vouch the computers were not that fast that back then (laughs) booting up and um dialing in um but hey they had they were working under a time constraint right so gotta speed things up Mm -hmm. a little bit i get it i get it but yeah i was like nah and then
4: maybe he's already got some kind of futuristic like high speed internet like installed in there because he he knows. I'm like, no, no. You, have you met my youngest? Right, right. <laughs> no, we're going to need the fastest thing possible because it's going on and off all day.
3: Yeah, it was funny how <laughs> she's throwing out terms like, like you said, like the Internet and Internet protocol address, you know, this IP address. And I like, what, what? And then she's throwing out terms like data mining, like pretty sure that did not mm-hmm. exist in 86 or didn't <laughs> know really knew what that was. Or So, but hey, it's Susie. She's she's a tech genius. I'll I'll allow it. Hmm. Um, okay. Number one, I think that's where we're at. Um, well, it, it's it's mostly just the end, and mostly Steve. Oh, Steve! This 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 was our cursing moment. Um, I know for for so many of us that are on this week to week journey. Um, I love that the kids were figuring all of this out. And of course, Dusty, you know, Dusty is always the one with all of his theories and, you know, kind of putting those pieces together and then everyone collaborating to kind of fill in all of those gaps. When he figures out that the compass wasn't working appropriately when they were looking for Skull Rock to, yeah. to find Eddie to get to him, um, because, you know, uh, there, there's got to be some interference there. And they figure out that there is some interference, probably because of a gate that's been opened, because... um, mm-hmm. They know that usually a gate is opened, like when the Demogorgon would attack, there would be a gate that would open, and then mm-hmm. they are assuming that, of course, when Vecna is attacking and killing um, the, the kids, that there is a, a gate open. Which we do see that we see that at Eddie's house in the yeah. ceiling, which again is make makes me question uh, uh, the the flashbacks and the memories of Eleven at Hawkins Lab. Uh, that same kind of crack. Gate looking thing um, mm-hmm. on the other side of that mirror that she's staring at when Brenner walks in and sees her. Um, so they figure that out and they go look for it and snack size gate. Snack size gate. Oh my god! I know I have that in my notes. I love <laughs> Robin so uh... much. Please just never change, Robin. Please <laughs> never change. Yes. <laughs> when she said that, uh, I'm, I'm just going to take a moment and say it reminded me a little of myself. I can totally see me saying something like that. I always kind of just throw out these little <laughs> – someone will be talking. I'll just be like, you know, throwing out little things here and there. I'm like, I would say that. Yep. I would say Snack's size Gate. So a little Robin-Rima <laughs> moment there. Love her so much. Um, but when they get out there to the water and Steve's like, hey, I'll go. I was captain of the swim team and lifeguard for three years. Um, he's got this big hero moment, and I'm just loving this journey for him um you know before before he he does that. I'm like okay we're I'm a little fearful because i I've mentioned a couple of times as we've been podcasting on the season I'm a little worried for Steve, and this cliffhanger did not help me with.
4: No, you said that last week on the podcast, and I was so mad that you put that thought I in know. my head. And yeah. then I watched this episode after that, and I was like, "Why would you
3: do this to me?" Yep. <laughs> like, well, I also questioned myself. Why did I? Why did I do that? Because I'm like, I've been sitting here no. talking about how I feel like Steve's uh, death has been foreshadowed over and over in so many episodes um, this season, and what the frig, um, it. <laughs> It was kind of interesting, though, to kind of see Steve in the Upside Down. I know he's kind of almost gotten a glimpse in underground when they were in the tunnels under the pumpkin patch. Um, He has seen Mm -hmm. some things, uh, obviously, that weren't as easily explained, but he's never actually been in the Upside Down. But I am super scared for him uh, in this moment, and I'm really kind of freaking out. I mean, I'm I'm hoping that when we go watch this next episode that all of a sudden there's going to be uh nancy and robin and eddie popping up through there and and saving him quickly but man he is he's taking a beating those i don't know what they are these demogorgon bat things that are like attacking his liver just creepy (laughs) yeah i mean what the hell with those things Mm -hmm. um so I'm, i'm totally freaking out for our boy steve uh but It was, I'll have to say, before you jumped in, you know, he's taking his shirt off, and Lucas, what the (laughs) hell happened? Why did Steve get so hairy? Des is like, yeah, I know, I keep telling him he needs to tame that jungle, but he says the girls are into it, and Lucas is just like, whatever, you know, okay, if that's what he says, but, and then... Uh, Max is like, let me look. And she just is totally ogling Steve with his shirt off. And not only is Max ogling him, but we've got Nancy ogling him too. And Robin catches mm-hmm. her. And I love that because Robin is like, got the smile on her face. And she's, I know she's thinking, Steve is in. My boy is in. Because she's been playing his wingman, you know, wingwoman. woman. Um, yep. Really playing him up to Nancy, you know, and I think she saw the payoff uh, there in that moment, thinking, "Yep, my boy is in. Uh, I've done my part." Uh, but I do love to see that relationship where Robin and Nancy consider themselves friends. I, 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 I want to be, yeah. be Robin's friend. I want to be Robin's friend. I, I love her so so much. She's such a great addition to the cast. Um, but but yeah, I love I loved it all up until that moment. Um, And then to see all of them jump in the water after him, I'm really, really hoping they they, I'm I'm pulling for him. I don't I'm freaking out because I, I feel like surely they can't kill him yet if the if that's, and I hope at all, <laughs> I mean, I'm saying that. Um,
1: yeah, right.
3: But I mean, I, I don't know. I don't feel great about the last two episodes. I feel like this season's going to end really, really dark. And I feel like we probably do have some deaths coming. I really, but I'm, I mean, it can't be Steve. I'll freaking riot if it's Steve. Um, right. So I don't know. That's, that's just where I ended there on the cliff. I'm freaking out. Our
4: babysitter.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Steve is,
4: which I get, yeah, it's, it went. See what what peril he's in at the end of this episode. It's like because he got on the boat the one time he doesn't stay back and babysit. You see what happens. This is why we make you stay back as the babysitter.
3: Good point.
4: You s- see what happens when you don't go. This is
3: why you have to stay with the children. Because then you got to go and be a freaking hero. Mm-hmm. And then we have to be worried about you. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It was. Um we talk often about how difficult it is not to just keep playing the episodes and not just letting it go. This was probably mm-hmm. the top, the top.
4: Yeah, me. definitely the hardest. Yeah. I was like, I could just not press stop. <laughs> I could. <laughs> no
0: one has to know. Oh no. No one has to know.
3: <sighs> no one has to know. They're going to know. No one has to know. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that's, that's, that's my number one. It's just that ending, um, you know, they were right there. There was some sort of, of gate that, that popped up, um, why he had to go freaking poking it. Why did you gotta go poke the bear? Uh, right. but yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of freaking out. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed though. Right. So, um, what is your number one?
4: All right, so my number one is that same thing, uh, that, but also just a lot of other story that leads up to it. So kind of the storyline of these characters, which I have titled "The Mission to Help Eddie and Find and Stop Vecna," A.K.A. Simply Walking or Swimming into Mordor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, because yeah, I, I you know kind of take it the the arc through the episode. You know, our crew starts off they're making another they're making that food drop for Eddie and they come upon the scene to learn that he is not there because uh, there's been another murder right there on that property and he's officially public suspect number one. great, wonderful awesome. Uh, Vecna strikes again and you know they were already bummed that they didn't have great news for Eddie about Vecna and now it's it's even worse and so then Eddie reaches out to them over the radio and he is I mean poor Eddie is so scared and scarred um i mean he's watched two people get vecned and he's just been through all this knowing everybody's like hunting him down and thinking he's the one behind it all i mean he's going through a lot yeah and so you can see just the anguish on his face but whenever he gets in touch with them over the radio and they finally get you know talking and he tells them where that he is and they're like okay we're on our way and you just see this like wave of relief come over him. He's like, I'm not alone anymore right now. Like they're on their way. I
3: know.
4: And it's, it's so, I mean, you say, and when they show up, I mean, he's hiding, but then he comes out and you know, he just in that place where he's like, I, you know, I, and then I do what I guess I do now. And I started running and I mean, you can just see he's so overwhelmed and going, you know, going through a lot of this. And he's like, I just, I don't know what to do to where he gets hit with this you know, idea of, oh, we're just going to have to go out. He's like, yeah, I mean, it's a bad idea, but I'm going to do it. Uh, but yeah, before yeah, we talked about like, you know, uh, Lucas and Max talking, uh, shall I, liked Robin, getting the warm fuzzies from that, uh, <laughs> from Lucas kind of winning those points, big back, uh, back big time, uh, telling Max, he should have been more present and seen what she was going through, but that he's there for her now. I see you. That was really sweet. He's he's really
3: I know. He's
4: really doing a lot and it's great. <laughs> it, it's
3: he's he's becoming leading man material. Really proud of Lucas. I've mm-hmm. been really talking him up last couple of episodes. He's really stepped up. I was really proud of him, you know, for what you just said, you know, telling Max that he was sorry and that he didn't see before the pain that she was in. So, yeah, good job, Lucas.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. so i said so robin sees this and gets the warm fuzzies from them and then doesn't hint but totally hints that nancy and steve still have a great ring to them you know as a couple uh and you know because she's seen both of them and kind of how they're looking at each other and reacting with each other over the past couple of days and then nancy finally does vent her frustrations with jonathan to her new friend Aw, friend i, know. Uh, I
3: love that i'd love to see it <laughs>
4: It was a a great moment with them. Uh, And then also, you know, she mentioned when talking about Jonathan, I've noticed throughout the past number of episodes, there's at least like a mention every episode of they tried to get a hold of Will or tried to get a hold of Mike or Jonathan or Joyce or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's always like, you know, we try to get a hold of the buyer's house, somebody in that house and it's not going through. It's just nice that they keep pointing out like every episode that somebody has tried to get a hold of them, but clearly they can't. Uh So yeah, so then, you know, they they get together, they're talking at Skull Rock, they know how and where Vecna attacks, and they need to find a way into the Upside Down, leave it up to Dustin and his compass, his next size gate gate nearby, which is why he's wrong slash right. He's uh, <laughs> like, so yeah, we just got to find this gate, get into the Upside Down, and then go to Vecna and kill him. It's super easy, right? Uh, <laughs> barely an inconvenience. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then I, I love the moment, which is why I titled this kind of point where it was. is uh, the, the the quotes here, Dustin says, What say you, Eddie the Banished? And then he says, I say you're asking me to follow you into Mordor. Which, if I'm totally straight with you, I think is a really bad idea. But uh, the Shire? The Shire is burning. So Mordor it is. And then as they're walking away, Steve to himself goes, What is Mordor? And I was thinking, I was like... I first of all love the Lord of the Rings references. Was like Steve, you're a big movie guy. In 15 years, you'll totally get and appreciate those references. I promise. He will
3: definitely Uh, get it later. (laughs) Yeah, but he's probably not read any any Tolkien. Um, But he'll, I'm sure he'll see the movie. He's
4: he's waiting for the movies to come out. Wait for the movie. Wait for the movie.
1: That's
3: (laughs) (laughs) Mm. That's funny. Yeah.
4: But uh, yeah, and then the police find the station wagon, and so they're looking for the group as they're making their way to the lake, which is where the gate's going to be at. Younger kids get left behind at shore. The older ones go out on the boat you know, to find the gate that's underwater, the, the water gate. Dustin is very pleased with himself. He's been uh,
1: <laughs>
3: waiting, waiting for an opportunity. <laughs> <All> right.
4: <laughs> yeah, and then you talked about Steve taking his shirt off, uh, which, yeah, again, Robin noticing Nancy's definitely looking. And then you talk about Dustin and Lucas talking about it, but then I love Max that that you know let me see and the way she just looks and keeps looking, looking. <laughs> and looking more. It's just hilarious. They're like, oh no,
3: <laughs> like wait, what is that? That that true? The the uh, you know all that really worked for the ladies. They're they're so adorable as they're trying to figure it out,
4: right? yeah and then with steve going in i like the eddie just while they're talking just automatically he just wraps up a flashlight in that bag to give to him like he's like just knew, knew what to do like all right there you go take the flashlight down and then yeah steve finds the gate as he's like poking at it like you said something moves on the other side which scares him he swims back up and uh, is followed to the surface by that something which pulls it back down all the way through the gate and then Yeah, and then the others go in after him, which is nice. Nancy, because it's Steve, and whether she wants to admit it or not, she definitely still has feelings for him. So she's the first one to dive in right back after him. And then Robin, I mean, those are like her two best friends right now. So she's going in after him. And then Eddie is left alone just to go, ah, fuck it, I'm going in too, I guess. Uh, (laughs) So that's. Yeah, we're kinda of left with them at this point. Um and then we see a little bit more with Steve, which we talked about. Uh not great, and I'm very unhappy, and I need Steve to be okay. And then we, I don't know where we're gonna be with the kids, because uh, you know, they distract the police away from the shore, away from the lake. They have them kind of chase them back away, but then Dustin gets nabbed there at the end. I don't know if they noticed if the police noticed uh Lucas and Max yet, but but Dustin is definitely in police custody as this episode ends. That's a little thing just to remind myself of to be like, uh oh, where do we go from there?
3: I know. Um, I, well, I don't know what to expect really um, from here other than hoping that they all get down there to rescue Steve. And, to, you know, to add to that, it, you know, it sucks for Lucas and Max and Dusty because they are. You know they're having to divert, you know, attention away. You know, from to keep Eddie from getting caught, um, they're going to miss out on what's going to happen. Uh, you know, af- after this, because I'm sure, you know, the cops have found them, so they're what they're probably getting a ride back home, right? So, and they're they're totally going to mm-hmm. miss out. I th- but I think it's it's probably for the best that the cops found them and not like the townspeople, considering they're all out on this. Yeah. Um so
4: yeah, I mean two of the three of them are in that picture that was being passed yeah. around.
3: They they'll be safer I think with the police and the police can just escort them home uh with their parents. Um but I'm sure there's going to be a lot of questions there, you know, uh have you know have you seen Eddie and all that all that stuff. Uh so so they're not I don't think going to just be handed over. There's probably going to be a lot of questions, but um they're go- they're totally going to miss everything mm-hmm. that's going to be happening next. Hopefully, hopefully for the good. Hopefully they all come back out of the water. But I don't know, I'm freaking out. It's not so easy. It's one thing to like get into the upside down. It's I don't think as easy getting back out. I think. Um Yeah. Not that they haven't done it, but it's just it's not as easy. I I don't think. So, um I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm super worried.
4: I think back to even, was it season one where Nancy and Jonathan like went through that tree and went into the yeah upside
3: down? Yeah. I think Nancy was struggling to find her way back and couldn't, you know, couldn't find the opening. Um, you mm-hmm. know, it wasn't, wasn't easy. I mean, it wasn't easy getting there either when yeah. Joyce was trying to get to Will. Uh, but, you know, it just doesn't seem like it's so easy to get back and forth. So I don't know. I don't know, uh, a lot of things in the air, uh, a lot of things that are unknown. Um, and yeah, just a lot to, to kind of freak out about. That was great. Um, let's see, what kind of notes do we have? I Okay. Going through mine, I think we've gotten, or I've, I've already mentioned a lot of mine. We talked about Argyle. Uh, we talked about Joyce and Murray and their plan. I think it was a pretty pretty good plan i don't know we'll see if they buy it uh when they Mm -hmm. get there um he does know how to speak russian so that you know murray's got that going for him Um, but we talked about that talked about lucas yeah i think we have covered all of mine oh sorry one one note we did get a quick mention about eight having already left hawkins lab um i think Mm -hmm. You know, I know I was questioning, like, well, are we even going to talk about eight? You know, um, having left. Callie? Yep. So they did, you know, um, Mm -hmm. the orderly, I'm saying is number one, uh, did did mention her. So we did get a mention in case anyone was wondering or might have missed that. Because I know, you know, I'm sitting there kind of like constantly scanning for her. I don't know that we were very clear about when she left. Um, Or maybe I have forgotten that in my rewatch but anyway that was mentioned so yeah um other than that i think we've covered all my notes do you have any any extra notes
4: um just some tiny little stuff uh just beginning of the episode after uh, the police talked with jason and they have that like you know leading into the the opening credits that like weird little lingering shot that goes under the water and goes all the way to the bottom and you see the fish swimming and I was like, what, what? What is what is going on? And then it was like, oh. And then they have the little tentacle thing that grabs Steve, grab one of the fish, and that kind of. cuts And I was like, oh, we have to see that there are stranger things afoot in the water. That's the. I was like, okay, that's going to come back sometime, which it did. And then just kind of the last was also like a quick, like one little scene that we got. Uh, agent Wallace, the other agent that was shot at the door at the buyer's house, and then is being questioned. Now they're just straight up torturing him at some other location for info on l and her location and the 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 guy asks him which i thought it was kind of a funny little quote there he goes either an invisible boogeyman from another dimension is slaughtering these kids or brenner's little pet has gone rogue again and he's like which sounds more plausible to you i'm thinking okay so funny story you're gonna love this um the first one definitely the first one uh (laughs) you want to believe it or not it's definitely the first one, the interdimensional, invisible. Bogeyno. Yeah. Uh,
1: so
4: I just thought that was kind of funny. Um, but they're very sad. I mean, I don't know what they like threw him into this tiny little box. And yeah, Wallace is not in a good place. And I'm still like, I was at last week when we realized he was still alive. I'm like, don't give them the info. Come on. Be strong.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Any other notes?
4: I think that's all I have.
3: Okay, I think that was great. Seems uh, I think that's a pretty good wrap up. Um, I know I'm pretty anxious to see how how it all ends up, uh, and hopefully, hopefully they don't make us wait. They've been, I think, done a pretty good job with kind of rolling right into the next thing. Um, yeah, but hopefully they don't make us wait. I got to find out what the frig happens with Steve and the rest of them at the damn lake. Right, um,
4: like we need to pick up right there with that. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Don't like, make I, me wait on Steve. <laughs> say, as soon as I turn that on, I, I want to I just roll right into it. Um, <laughs> don't, don't do this to
0: me. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at JoinMIDI.com.
3: Again, not doing any news um, in particular. However, I do just want to kind of mention, it's, it's kind of news, kind of a, a note uh, for us here at Strange Indeed. So if, if everyone hasn't noticed, uh, Umbrella Academy Season 3 has been uh, released Um, just this past weekend. Mm -hmm. So that is, of course, typically one of our shows. We do enjoy the hell out of Umbrella Academy, but of course, right now we are in the middle um, and coming up on the end of our stranger things coverage. And we have some very, very busy schedules. Um, I've, I'm getting ready to jump on again, multiple podcasts like I was doing um, several weeks ago. I know Pink, you also have a very full schedule. So just if you haven't, if you don't follow us on social media and haven't seen it because I did kind of post about it, we are planning on covering uh, season three of umbrella Academy um, because we do enjoy it and we do want to cover it. Yeah. But um, we don't have a date yet of when we are going to cover it so stay tuned i'll announce it as soon as we finalize that date hopefully hopefully really soon um i just need to look at our calendars and see what other shows um that you know we're going to be covering and i don't want to spread us too thin it's very challenging, um, at least for me personally speaking, to cover that many shows and also working full time um, and yeah. trying, to, trying to get all that done. But I just wanted to let everyone know if you are interested in Umbrella Academy, to let everyone know if you don't follow, follow us on social media and seeing us post about it there. We will be covering it. And not only will we be covering it, we're going to do something a little bit different. So, we, you know, typically yeah. here at Strange Indeed, we do watch week by week, one episode at a time. We don't watch ahead. Um, We've decided with Umbrella Academy to do a spoiler cast, if you will.
4: Yeah. So it's it's kind of a rare occurrence where we're covering it so (laughs) so much longer after it's come out because I mean it will be realistically speaking, looking at the schedules of other shows coming out, like at least two or three months before we get a chance to really come back to it or even look at it. So. We'll see. There's a lot going on. We'll, we'll, we'll see what, what schedules look like. So thinking about that, I was like, it's going to be a while and it's out. And it's hard for me as a huge fan of that show, especially I watched the first episode when it came out and I was like, there's no way I'm possibly going to be able to wait for us to cover this thing. And so I was talking with Rima, begging her. Um,
1: <laughs>
4: and then I was thinking about even, you know, for the people who listen week to week with us, you you know, listeners who like to go week to week to give you guys a little bit of a a break on that and not force you to have to wait till an undetermined date to watch umbrella Academy. I kind of felt it was a good idea. I talked to Rima about it. And so I think you, so binge it, watch it. We you have enough time to go through, watch it, even at kind of at your own pace, even if you're watching, you know, one a day or one, every other day, you'll get, you'll have a chance to get through it. And then when we do cover it, I think it'll be fun to kind of go back through it episode to episode, like we usually do. But Having seen the art the whole season already, and kind of looking at it from that lens, not worrying about spoiling things in the story, so we're giving enough you know people enough time that are interested in that show to go ahead and watch the season, binge through it at your own pace, enjoy it, and then we'll come back at a later date and and then really talk about it, and it'll be kind of a rewatch for everybody, and we'll have a lot of fun with it.
3: Yes. So, yep. Looking forward to that. I'm hearing. So far, I haven't yet watched it, uh, but Peg, I know you've already. Oh, I've already jumped in. in. Like
4: I said, I think I'm in like six or seven episodes in already. I've only got a few more, and yeah, I'm yeah. I'm really liking this season. It's that's I'm excited to talk about it already.
3: I'm excited <laughs> to hear that. I'm hearing um, really great things. So far. I I don't no spoiler things but just in general like oh yeah this is they've definitely kicked it off really well it's a really strong season so far so i'm those are the kinds of things that i'm hearing positive Mm -hmm. things i'm very excited for that because we do uh love that show so yeah so more to come um as far as that but just wanted to kind of let everyone know that it's going to be just something a little bit different that we're going to be doing and um it coming soon that's all we can say Um, i would love to cover it a little bit sooner We'll just have to see. Um, Yeah, I I'll just need to clone myself so I can cover all these shows. (laughs) This is what this has been the fallout. I've been complaining about this for. I mean, it's a good problem to have, but it's kind of this fallout from the pandemic, how it um, production shut down so many shows, and you know we didn't get like this nice steady release where we could kind of manage and kind of keep up. Um, now uh, it's just pushed everything out all at once. There's like this influx of shows being released. We had this problem back in October. Remember, like with mm-hmm. you know so many shows kind of being released at one time, and we're like, oh my gosh, well, we can't do them all. We're kind of back at that point again. There's all this TV that's coming out all at the same time, and it's it's just yeah. impossible. So
4: speaking of October, not to dump another one on you, we'll, we'll talk about it more, I'm sure, but. I mean, we love our, our Mike Flanagan. His next one's supposed to come out October also. So throw that in on everything else we're looking at covering. So, <laughs> And I want to ta- cover our Mike Flanagan goodness as well. So there's a lot to look forward to. So with Umbrella Academy, it was kind of that show. They were like, we love it, but... We're going to have to find a slot for it, so we'll do things a little differently to make sure everybody kind of has the best time with it.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, it can just be a little bit of a like a, a rewatch for everyone. Go mm-hmm. ahead and watch it. Enjoy. We'll come back to it. Um, and hopefully everyone will, will, you know, come back um, to us for that. So anyway, mm-hmm. stay tuned. Um, yeah. Not really news, but more maybe an announcement. We'll call it an announcement yeah. slash news um, for us here. Uh, Let's go ahead and jump into our listener feedback. I know we've always got some great things that come from our listeners. Let's see what they have to say for this week. Do you want to kick us off?
4: All right. The first one from Lindsay Schlicht says, 11 storyline continues to bore me. I know it will be important to the storyline and is therefore necessary, but it's the one part of the show. I want to hurry up so we can get to the other storylines. Not sure how I feel about this seemingly kind orderly guy. He did help her with the advice to channel a sad or angry memory to regain her powers, But is that the only way she can? If her powers are good, seems like sadness or anger should not be the only way to get them to work. Sounds like some Beckna bullshit to me. The group with Susie was really fun, but the Hawkins group continues to stand out for me. Dustin and Steve are comedy gold, Robin and Nancy are a fun new pair, and Max is the standout for me this season. Does anyone else see a young Sansa Stark in her? With Eddie a close second for standouts. Seeing them all jump into the lake to the Upside Down is so scary, but it should be awesome to watch the four of them kick ass in the Upside Down. Steve getting attacked by those bat things had me completely on edge, not my Steve. my Vecna song would have to be Tor- Tori Amos's Little Earthquakes. Incidentally, I saw her in concert a few weeks ago, and she sang running up that hill. The crowd went insane. It was a blast that's awesome.
3: <laughs> Love it. Thank you, Lindsay. <clears throat> um, next, we have Don Elizabeth. She says, there's so much going on now in every episode that I'm finding it difficult to organize my thoughts. My biggest reaction is to Steve. Of course he was the one to dive into the lake. Oh, no. Steve can't be the one to die. It looked like Nancy and then Robin went in after him. So hopefully that dynamic duo will save his ass. I love the different ways the kids are working together and making these great couples. It was right on course that while the D&D kids knew about Mordor, Steve had no idea what they were talking about. Also, that the mention of Mordor is what brought Eddie back into the group. I'm really enjoying Murray. He seems more like the character we originally met, a mysterious person who seems to know a lot about secret things. He became a goofy character for a while, and I like him as he is now. He can kick some ass. I'm really tired of Hopper being captured and recaptured and tortured. Although I do like that he has told the others about the Demogorgon and created that fight with the guards to get the lighter. Maybe he will get them out of this predic- predicament. Go, Hopper. He and Joyce and Elle just have to get back together. What is going on at Susie's house? Is her religious family taking in kids for some weird purpose? <laughs> Those aren't all her relatives, are they? <laughs> Love that Steve says that he made Skull Rock into a make-out place. I can totally believe that one. While watching all the scenes with Elle, I finally caught on to the fact that she was in the tank the whole time, but I'm not sure what the purpose for that is. And I was right about that creepy orderly. He seems to be trying to help her, but I don't trust him yet. I'm anxiously awaiting to hear what Ian Pink talk about this one. I have to admit that I've been watching ahead on this one. I just can't hold back. Yeah, I I don't blame anyone. I don't. Um,
4: (laughs) Don't blame me. I I don't.
3: It's the honor system here, y'all. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's that's what we're doing. Um, thank you, Don. Just kind of looking over some of, some of your thoughts here um, about what you had said. Oh, I, I think those are all Susie's siblings. I yes, yeah, you know, what we, it seems we, like. they're in Utah. We know they're super religious. I feel that says enough about. Mm-hmm. Um, about that, yeah, I, 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 feel like they're all her, her siblings. It's just a large family.
1: Hmm.
3: Um. And right. yeah, L being in that tank was very much like, um, and we've seen that before. We're um, yeah. in season one. They used to put her in that like kind of similar type tank with the big thing on her head for so she could breathe mm-hmm. under the water. And then when they did that in. Um, was it still season one when they did the pool in the school gym? Yeah. Um, they did it there too. It's just a way for her to kind of um, be like, it, it cuts her off from everything else and allows her to like focus and like project yeah, it's like a
4: sensory deprivation chamber. Sensory
3: That's... deprivation. Thank you. Yeah. I'm not good with words. This is why <laughs> when I podcast after working <laughs> that my brain is just completely shut down and words, Just don't happen. Thank you, Peg. Um, but thank you, Don. Thank you for that. Those were really great thoughts.
4: All right. Uh this one comes from my internet papa, Jeff Allen. (laughs) Uh (laughs) says, in the immortal words of Eric Cartman, fuck fuckity fuck fuck fuck. I'm still watching week to week, but I really had to force myself not to go on after this one. Also, can we please get a spin-off of Susie's family? I need much, much more of whatever that was.
1: <laughs> I I am seeing agree. so that's, many yeah.
3: <laughs> I'm seeing so many spin-off ideas.
4: I know. That's what I was saying with my the kind of title of that point when I brought them up was just like coming soon to Netflix. The the Binghams. Yeah, I I would I'd love so much more of of that family and oh man, it's just a lot of chaos that I like.
3: <laughs> I agree. That was great. Thank you, Jeff. Maureen Favo says thoughts and observations. Uh, did you really listen to two proposed explanations for what has happened? Time for Pate quote read. I vote number one. What does Brenner yeah. <laughs> know and which memories does he want Elle to recover? Does he want her to recover all of them? Cornel- Cornelius better be in season five. Uh, Hopper vo- is voice of reason and pragmatist. Uh, Jason is likely a future mega church pastor, right? <laughs> I think so. Uh, War Games and American Tendo and 16-Bit. How refreshing to see parents almost uh, in in loop and speaking with each other. What do you think chances are that when Stranger Things ends, we'll find out Ted was somehow responsible for everything? (laughs) Fucking Ted. (laughs) Fucking Ted. Um, How funny that Dustin's pacing and Magnet Bit was great. callback to season one Magnet Bit with addition of Tolkien. Why aren't walls padded for this exercise? Uh, love computer bit, but no way a 1986 computer booted that fast. <laughs> but great internet quote, we knew so little in the 80s. Harry Steve. Uh, no way our gang was um, or could carry enough batteries with them. My Walkman in the 80s ate batteries. That's true. We went through a lot of batteries in the 80s for all these gadgets. Uh, back and forth between lake and kids on shore was so perfectly mirrored. Really, really, really worried about both Steve and Max. Trying to decide whether babysitters have best survival rates that is in Steve's favor.
1: Yeah, a yeah, lot of great thoughts Let's hope so. there.
3: Yeah. Thank you.
4: All right. We have an email here from Holly. It says, hi, Rima and Paik. This is my first time emailing, but I've been a listener since y'all covered Midnight Mass. Love that show and your coverage. Oh, thank you. Um, it says, I wanted to write in today regarding my favorite new character eddie i feel like he was the missing link that the hawkins group really needed he's kind of like billy in some ways but not such a dick to the rest of our protagonists did you know that the duffer brothers revealed that eddie's character is loosely based on da- damien Eccles? if you don't know who he is look up the case of west of the west memphis three the murders that the three boys including Eccles, were convicted for happened in the early 90s during the satanic panic since Eccles was 18 he was tried as an adult and given the death penalty There was no direct evidence to convict him of the crime, but people all the time saw his metal band t-shirts, his love of black trench coats, and his shitty attitude, and just assumed that he worshipped Satan and sacrificed the victims to him during some dark ritual. It sounds crazy now, but back then I can remember how deadly serious people took all of this. I grew up in Northeast Arkansas. West Memphis is only about 40 minutes away, so the case is kind of embedded in my memory of growing up here. As an adult, I've had jury duty in the same courtroom where he was sentenced to death row. It was chilling to say the least. Oh, wow. When the West Memphis Three were finally released from prison, I was getting off work and was driving right behind the van that transported them to a safe place where they could be released without being hounded. I cried with joy all the way home. Eccles was saved from death row with the help of celebrity pressure and funding, including the likes of Eddie Vedder, Johnny Depp, Peter Jackson, and Natalie Maines. If you're into true crime, I highly recommend watching Peter Peter Jackson's documentary film on this case titled West of Memphis. I believe it can be found on Amazon Prime and HBO. I also wanted to add my Vecna song. Mine would be Love Crime by Susie. It was written for the series finale of Hannibal. Side note, if you haven't watched that yet, what are you waiting for? Sigh, <laughs> Hanagram is the ship that all dreams are made of. <laughs> That's enough for today. LOL. Thanks for indulging me. Holly.
3: That's awesome. That was great. What's some great insight. I I think we've yeah. definitely talked about some of what we've seen in this um, series so far with the satanic panic and D and D mm-hmm. and made some kind of similar connections between what happened with like West Memphis Three and why they would kind of you know gravitate towards Eddie um, you know, being such an obvious well it's obviously it's him. Look at how he dresses. Look at the music he listens to. Look he plays D and D. Um but I didn't know that they actually um had based uh his character on on one of those um fellas there. Um, I'll probably know that when I actually allow myself to read the news, <laughs> <laughs> so thank you right. for that, Holly. That's some really great yeah, insight, really cool. Wow, um, to have been so close um to where all that was was happening. I had. I, I haven't seen
4: jury duty. I had jury duty this week, this morning uh, before recording we're so,
3: this. we're so glad you were able to to get out of that.
4: And- I know. I texted you. I was just like, I've got jury duty today, and who knows where it's going to happen. But I texted you pretty early. It was like it was a bust, which is a good thing for me. And we're back on track. It was literally. I. It was like I was in and out in an hour. Got in there, got everything settled, and she went to get the judge and then came back and was like, So there's no panels needed this morning, and so go home. And I was like, ah, Yay! <laughs> I've got nice. the whole day now. Uh, <laughs> nice. Well, I had to get up way earlier than I wanted to on my day off, but you oh, know what? Oh, boo it's it's I'll take what I can get, I
3: guess. Hopefully you'll have an early night, get, get the next episode of stranger things in and have an early night to make up for that. Thanks, Holly. Appreciate hearing from you. Um, be sure to write in again. That was great. Yeah. Uh, We have another email from our good friend, Daphne. Uh, she says, hi, Rima and Pake about Steve's little midnight swim. I admit I actually yelled at my TV at the end of this episode. I'm wondering if either of you had the same reaction. Um, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though it's such a long wait between seasons, the Duffers remind us why we care about these characters by showing us the potential of one being ripped away. Oh, that's a really good point. Yep, so true. Of course, Hopper has a plan. Even if Enzo, a.k.a. Antonov, a.k.a. Dimitri, can't believe his ears, he'd better get on the train soon or he'll be carved up with the rest of the red shirt prisoners who were feasting around the table. Joyce and Murray to the rescue. I'm loving this twosome and hope they continue to have adventures next season. I still don't believe Elle killed any of them. There has to be something else going on, and even though the guard has encouraged slash helped her, I'm getting a creepy vibe from him. Okay, so the majority of the show is creepy, so it's not exactly a surprise that this would be the case. Finally, the parents are realizing that they have no idea what their kids are up to. And Susie, she's a star. Also shipping Eden and Argyle. So adorable. Can't wait to hear your thoughts. Daphne. Awesome. So great. Thank you, Daphne. All right. Thank you, everyone. Um, Great um, feedback on Facebook and um, through our email. But we of course have some awesome voice messages. I'm assuming awesome. I haven't listened to them yet. Um but I know we always get awesome voice messages from our friends. So first one we have is from our good friend Anwen. Let's see what she
5: has to say about this week's episode Hello my friends. Um excuse my voice. After two and a half years of avoiding it I finally got the Rona. Anyway, thank goodness I didn't get it um, early on in the watching of Stranger Things or I would have had lots of time on my hands and been sorely tempted to binge the whole thing. Luckily now there's still only one left available. Until the final two come out So we're all good I'm still with you Week to week Um, This week I felt like I'm getting really tired of The torture that keeps going on And on and on for Hopper And that psychological torture That keeps going on and on for Eleven I think it's too much now And they just need to get out of that situation And start fighting the fight With the main crew So it was good to see the main crew finally getting to the upside down, which is exciting. It means it's really kicking up a notch. And we can see some awesome stuff happening in the last three episodes. I was thinking the last three episodes is really like another five or six hours left of TV, which is amazing. Can't wait to see what happens. Thanks so much, as always, for your coverage. It was so comforting and awesome to hear your voices um, on each podcast. Love you guys. Bye. That's so nice,
3: Anwen always says the nicest things. Thank you, Anwen, so much. Um, we love hearing from you, and I hope you feel better.
4: Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, do, do, get well. I saw that I think she like got her like positive test like on her birthday, and it's like, oh, that's like the worst <gasps> gift you can get.
1: I know. Like, <laughs> I saw that, and I'm like, are
3: you Man. kidding me? I mean, it sucks. No DoorDash a
4: whole cake and just like.
3: <laughs> I know. I mean, it sucks to have to be sick anyway. Um, uh, and after avoiding it for two and a half years, but to, to get it. And but then on top of it being your birthday. So that really sucks. Um, hope you feel better soon, my friend. Thank you for your feedback. It's always comforting to hear your voice. All right. Um, our next voice message is from our good friend, Steve. Let's see what he has to say.
2: All right, strange indeed, this is Steve, and I just finished my rewatch of episode five going into episode six. What the heck, Vecna, killing fish now? Okay, so Eddie escaped the lake, and got dry. <laughs> Pretty far from okay. Isn't that what uh, McLean said in Die Hard? <laughs> Nobody feel anybody else's butt, okay? Argyle just fall in love. If they could find the prison, do they really expect to be able to break Hopper out? They taking him to a last meal? huh? It's fattening him up. The beast. Hey, they're playing Plinko. <laughs> From The Price is Right. This orderly guy was creepy in episode five, and he's even more creepier now in episode six. Didn't we meet her mother in season whatever it was where they went to the house and she was like comatose, repeating those those uh, words, rainbow, the combination to the safe? Wow, Robin's a romantic at heart. <laughs> Did he just say it's going to go on your permanent record? <laughs> I mean, that that was a thing in the 80s, so I, yeah, it's good. <laughs> snack size gate. I love it, Robin. Steve is so confused with the Lord of the Rings reference. <laughs> I love Steve. Two doesn't appear to get nosebleeds when he uses his powers. Take it back, his nose is bleeding now. <laughs> oh, Hopper, always with the plan. Oh, they got the whole family involved in this plan, great. <laughs> she said, hold your butts. Where's Argyle? Of course, Argyle. <laughs> Corrupting the young Mormon youth with pot. Okay, creepy orderly didn't deserve that. Watergate, <laughs> oh, Watergate. <laughs> like Watergate. <laughs> that's not going to be good. That tentacle. Seriously, that's where you leave us with Steve streaking on the ground and three people in the water going to the gate.
3: Ugh. <laughs> I felt so, so much of that, Steve. <laughs> so
4: good. <laughs> Some great things. Yeah.
3: Oh my gosh. That was so great. Um, Love the live steving, as always. Thank you for that. Thank you, everyone, so much um, for the feedback. Um, I love hearing everything that everyone has to say. Everyone's been super generous with their feedback. Everyone's still writing in for their Vecna songs. I'm still taking it, y'all. If you've got nothing else to say about any of the episodes, um, then write in with your Vecna song. Still um, uh, appreciate everyone writing in, telling us that um, as well. Um, let's see. You know what? And I think that I I, I lied. There is one more um, feedback um, that evaded the inbox here. So my apologies. That is not the end all of feedback. Um, we did get um, an email from a listener. It went to the, I think the Podcastica Um email address so that's why it was out of order so my apologies i'm gonna backtrack we do have one more um this one is from renee um he says hi rima and paik i'm a long-time listener first time writer and hopefully not the last uh let me add um Mm -hmm. he says first off i'm thrilled that you're back covering stranger things which i'll admit i watched through twice already don't worry no spoilers I have a lot of respect for the willpower you both have on a weekly basis, not to just binge the rest of the season. Stranger Things is my favorite show and just hits all the right notes for me. 80s nostalgia, horror, action, comedy, drama. It really has it all. Somehow listening to you t- to talk about it has only made it better. Oh, thank you. Um, he goes on. I'm writing now because I really enjoyed your discussion a couple weeks ago on the power of music. And I wanted to answer your question on what would be my Vecna song from season four, episode four. For me, it would be Tender by Blur, which holds a special place in my heart. When my wife and I were dating, we went through some hard times, and this song helped us find our way back to each other. Now, many years later, we're happily married with two beautiful kids. I can't help to think that this song played a part in bringing them into this world. I still can't listen to it without being flooded with all the emotions. The power of music, indeed. I can't wait to hear what you think of the last Mm -hmm. episodes from part one and also the new trailer that dropped for part two. Keep up the great work. Renee from Canada. We got someone from Canada. How cool is that? Nice. (laughs) That was great. Thank you so much. What a nice story. Thank you for sharing that, Renee. That was really nice. Yes, the power of music. We talk about that often here, not just with this show, but um, on our podcast in, in general. Yeah. That's great. Thank you for sharing. All right. So where does that leave us? Yeah,
4: That is one of the reasons, you know, to go back to our Umbrella Academy (laughs) thing. When we do get to it, it's one thing I'm excited about covering is because that one, I really love to break down the the music on that show. You always make a
3: playlist.
4: Anybody who listened to our season two coverage. Yeah. I think I did with Mm -hmm. Sweet Tooth, too. But yeah, there's certain shows that just make really, really great use of soundtrack. And I haven't really done that with Stranger Things, but they have made great use of some music on here, too.
3: Yeah there's always great stuff that comes out of stranger things it's just the whole um 80s vibe and stuff mm-hmm. but um but yeah i i can't wait yeah umbrella academy definitely hits all the notes when it comes to music too so but um but thank you everyone um for the feedback really appreciate everyone writing in can't wait to see what you guys think about um episode 7 which will be new for us um and for many other folks that are um following along week to week with us but again by the time you guys hear this um we'll just about be ready it's, it should come out the day before if I can get my editing done um a day or two before the last two episodes drop so we're 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 slowly catching up a little bit here <laughs> Anyway, um, we are excited for you to follow us to Hawkins, but until then, you can follow us on Twitter at StrangeTCast.
4: You can like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash StrangerTCast.
3: You can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com, and you can also find us on the TV Time app.
4: You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at Podcastica.com. And go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcasts.
3: A lot of great um, podcasts right now. I know that they just wrapped up their coverage on Obi-Wan Kenobi. That finale um, mm-hmm. just happened. Um, so, oh, so good. <laughs> man, what a what a great series. Um, if there's no more after that, I think I'd be okay with it. Um, so it was really great. Yeah, I think so, so. Definitely check out the coverage for that show on Podcastica along with all the great great podcasts and speaking of great podcasts make sure to check out paik and daphne um, that you heard from in her email earlier on their podcast called run for your lives got a sneak peek or a little tease for us this week
4: yeah this weekend's episode will be up on friday we are taking a, a dive into the strange and disturbing horror With uh, I don't have the exact year it came out. I think 2017, but I might be pulling that out of thin air. I don't know. Um, But the movie called It Follows, which um, Mm -hmm. for those who don't know what that is. um, It seems familiar. uh, Basically, yeah, it is a um, malevolent, strange, dark spirit who hunts people down and follows them and is passed along person to person through them having sex with each other. It is uh, Sexually Transmitted Murderer. Uh, <laughs> it's very interesting, a very strange movie, very dark, but it's got a lot of different kind of themes and deeper things that we try to dig into a little bit and uh, definitely had quite an interesting inter- uh, you know, conversation with, with that one. So if you get a chance, it's on Netflix, so if you get a chance to watch it and give us some thoughts over on Run For Your Lives and... You know, you get feedback and stuff before that episode comes out because you have to until it drops. Really, you have until Thursday, or yeah, Thursday night. So we'll be dropping it Friday. It's a, it's an interesting one for sure.
3: It sounds <laughs> not
4: for everybody, but it's so. it's it's interesting.
3: <laughs> uh, it does. I, I thought it sounded familiar, but maybe I haven't heard of that. I don't know. Um, I can't keep up. I can't keep up. and this brain of mine just can't keep (laughs) up so yeah that's great well we'll have to check that out Um, for us um, our next episode will be on Stranger Things season 4 episode 7 titled chapter 7 the massacre at Hawkins lab
4: I'm gonna take that to mean that we're getting the answers that we were wanting. Just that gonna, we're gonna fill in the blanks. I'm
3: just gonna uh, stop. <laughs> give uh, l- even looking at these. Uh, I mean, uh, I guess it's not really that much of a spoiler. I, I'm assuming they're talking. We know it happened. What, I mean, yeah. we know something has happened. They definitely showed it there in the premiere. We keep getting the little like with with Eleven uh, recalling these memories and things. Um. Or you know, going through this little exercise of getting her powers back. So I guess we're that's what we're gonna get to. Mm-hmm.
4: Which good because I'm I'm ready to to kind of fill in those gaps and stop having to worry that Eleven just thinks she's a horrible monster. Because like a lot of people said in feedback, and we've talked about today, I don't think she's fully responsible. I think there is something else at play there that she's just got to dig that truth out. I hope, think, think we're getting that. So I'm sorry to watch.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think it's about time. I'm ready for some ready for some answers.
4: Hmm. All right. That is our show. Thanks for listening, everyone.
3: Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Pink. And Francis Brooks is strange indeed.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple.